Welcome to the Bring Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story God is redeeming in her life. I can't wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God's calling you to and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. My guest today is Patty Buss. Patty is a wife to Steve, mother of Daniel and Michael, and the co-founder of One Hope, working to unite churches and transform our city. She loves gardening and all that Oregon offers by way of hiking, biking, anything outdoors, making pies, jam, and being together around food. Patty was blindsided by her mom's untimely, full of suffering, and ironic death to a very rare disease. And Patty shares how to make sense of loss and still believe that God is good. Yeah, I feel like, well, we all have so many stories of redemption all throughout our life, places where God just intersects and um, really makes everything new and reminds us of his power and his grace. And most often those are kind of bumpy places often and at places of difficulty, places of just the common human experience on the planet of heartache. And I grew up having um, really pretty great Christian parents actually grew up in the Midwest. Um, my mom was a nurse and she, uh, more than just being a nurse, I mean, it was like her calling, I would say from God, she practiced medicine with Jesus, the healer. So she was practically trained, but she also really operated in her field, in her career in faith. And so she was using all of her skills and her knowledge and at the same time would pray for parent, patients and believe for things when she knew they were beyond medicine's reach. Um, so I had a great mom, a praying mom, a believing mom. Um, she didn't preach a lot to us kids, but she lived very strongly in front of us, a great example of reliance on, on Jesus. So it was um, a terrible twist of events, so to speak, when in her early 60s, late 50s, I guess it was, she retired from 30 years of being an intensive care head nurse. She started not feeling quite right, and she knew enough to know at some point that something was wrong. And for a period of time, she was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And there's so much that's been done in the way of Parkinson's that it wasn't, you know, it was an embraceable thing. We were believing God to bring healing, but um, as it progressed, it started, We she really started to realize in her doctors, this wasn't Parkinson's after all. And after going to the Mayo Clinic, um, my mom received a diagnosis of a fairly rare disease at the time. This is 20 years ago now. Pretty rare disease called PSP. It's progressive supranuclear palsy, which I won't go into all the details of what it does, but ultimately it does end up causing paralysis of the body all the way up to you can't swallow anymore. And, um, like everything about it is, is horrific, but your mind is fine. So we went through a number of specialists. We went to every doctor there could be that was trying new things. They've made more advancements now, but there really is no cure for PSP. 
And so we went through a series of some really difficult years of watching my mom completely disappear. Um, not, not mentally, but physically, her, yeah, her quality of life and her ability, her mobility, her ability to speak, her ability to swallow food, just basically went away. And through that journey, there were many moments that as a family, we surrounded her and we joined in and believed for her to be healed. She had faith to be healed. She had seen people healed miraculously. And it was really a struggle because here it was, she had participated really her whole life in the healing ministry of Jesus. And here she was. And, um, You know, in those moments, you can go, wow, this really doesn't seem fair. This really seems like a strange twist, God. Um, And as it would be, my mom did not get healed. And we as a family did surround her while she was in hospice the last few days of her life. And her wishes were not to be kept alive with a feeding tube. But I do remember the, t- the day that we were with her and we let her know, Mom, we're going to take the feeding tube out. And her face, although she could not speak, her face was one of elation. She was ready to be done with the body that was failing, but the spirit that was very much alive. And that was a... Um, It was a difficult, really difficult time. I myself have participated in partnering with Jesus in seeing people's lives physically healed. I had had that happen in my own life, having been healed of things in my body. Um, There really was no shortage, I don't think, of faith. And in that moment, in these seasons, you go, okay, God, uh, what am I banking on here? And I do know that your character is good, Um, but it's a weird thing to not have your mom right after you've just had your first little kids and you don't have a mom on the planet anymore. And she was an amazing mom and I got to raise these kids and I don't have grandma. And it was a difficult season, Um, but one where I felt like, as always, I could be really real and really angry and really raw and really um, questioning of the Lord. And there was room for all of that. I didn't have to have the Christian answer and it's all God's will. I don't think any of that suffering was God's will. It was horrible. I don't think suffering is his will. It is part of the human experience on a fallen planet. Yes. Um, But to watch her suffer was very, very difficult. And I don't, I I don't have that all wrapped up in a nice little bow to say, here's how that all fit. And it feels great. It doesn't. I miss her all the time. And um, I miss that my boys didn't get to know this amazing woman she was. But I have also just put that over in the sovereignty of God's movement on this in my life and in our lives. At this moment and at this time, he's still incredibly good. Um, And I did argue, I was like, Lord, I have prayed for people to get healed of far less significant things in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, a sore elbow or a cold or a bad throat or a loss of hearing in an ear. 
But she's 60. She just retired. I have two kids. Are you kidding me? Lord, I have asked you to heal really inconsequential things. Can we not do this? There was something very deep in walking with Jesus through suffering and knowing he was right near, knowing he was carrying and all of us, my family, but there was no outcome the way we wanted it. Yeah. That was a that was quite a quite a, a season. Now from that time I I do feel like the Lord has continually anchored me in his goodness. I'm I'm still convinced. I've still prayed prayed for people to be healed since then. And they have been. <laughs> and you know what? There's just mystery at times, and God's God, and I'm not. Right. And um, and so learning to live in the tension of that in this place, while also being rooted in His goodness, I think, has created perhaps maybe um, compassion for people who are suffering, people who are walking with loved ones with terminal illnesses. I think there is beauty and in, in what the Lord has developed in me and in our family through that, to be alongside others in their suffering and comforting them with the comfort we receive from Jesus. That's a, that's a part of my story for sure. Uh, Patty, what would you say when you were walking through, you know, the unknown and symptoms are continuing to happen? How did you deal with the expectations of your expecting on God for healing, but then also dealing with the reality of what was happening? How did you process that? I honestly, there's a tension in that, right? There's, there's, I'm believing. And I guess how I often would say it to the Lord is like, it's not over till it's over. And so until I see different, I'm believing. And even when we took mom off her feeding tube, it's like, Lord, at the 11th hour, you're the 11th hour God and you can do anything. And so while I live in this body today, while it's called today, I'm going to believe you. And I'm also going to have my hands wide open, knowing that the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, the Lord is sovereign, the Lord. My job is to believe, but I'm really not banking on if I have enough faith or if anybody in the room has enough faith. What I really am banking on is the character and nature of God. I just had to stand in that place of tension, I guess. I'm believing, and it's not over till it's over. And then when, it's, and then when, when the day came and she was... And she slipped into the next, the best promotion she could get. Let it be, Lord. It's well with my soul. And so I think there's that thing of, you know, well, you know, we can, well, there's all kinds of teachings on faith. But ultimately, just looking deeply into the word of God and running and clinging to who he is are really all I knew how to do. There's no formula. And in that, found him to be very present and being the answer, even though I don't have all of the answers to that still. I think, too, sometimes we can get attached to the outcome of the prayer request over our attachment to him and who he says that he is and that he's bigger and he sees things from a completely different, you know, perspective than we do. And and yeah, having kind of that open handed approach or that prayer of I will be done like that will be done and I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to choose that you are good. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And yet, and then also yet not giving up like Hezekiah, right? He's on his deathbed and Hezekiah all of a sudden got 15 more years. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that in scripture and saying, okay, so Lord, I'm, I'm going to park right there mm-hmm. until, until I see differently. So that's just the journey. I just feel like that's the journey of human experience on the planet. But I will say I know him more again through that. And that is the goal, to know him. And I do feel like I did. I do feel like my family did. Did we like it? No. But we do know him more. Um, would I trade it? Yeah, I would really rather have her back. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm. it's well. It's well with my soul. Um, let's unpack um, the concept of wrestling with God and what that looked like for you. I'm sure that there are ladies that are listening um, that are wrestling with some question or something that they, is laid on their heart and maybe they're unsure that God can handle the wrestle. What would you speak to that? Oh, yeah. You know, if you cannot be real and raw with God, then you never will be able to be with anybody. I mean, it's, it's literally the place we should be and we get to become our most authentic self. And he actually already knows me. I don't even have to say things. I don't, he only gives me a place to say things because it's for my benefit to say it out loud. He already knows. And so I just have always, I guess I have found that it's the best place to wrestle. It's the best place to say everything out loud. It's because when we do, it's like he, he meets us in our authentic, in his authentic self, <laughs> when I'm my authentic self. And so I think the wrestle, yeah, I mean, I had been on mission trips in other countries. I had, I had literally seen people like who had hearing, not in their ear, be healed. And I'm like, really, Lord, come on. I didn't even know that person. That was a stranger. This is my mom. <laughs> and, um, I just never felt ever like he, he was going, you know, you can't say that or chastising me or scolding me. Or I just felt like he was always super identifying with me and my weakness and in my humanness and yeah, sensed his spirit really being like, yep, I, I get everything you're saying and I'm with you. And there is that thing about his, you said it, his ways are not mine and they're above. And let's say you're sitting down for coffee with one of our listeners and she is praying for something specific and hasn't seen an answered prayer um, yet. What would you say to her? You know, sometimes when I haven't seen an answered prayer, I will um, and I've been petitioning about it or I've been sometimes I'll just say, okay, so Lord, what do you want to say to me right now about this? Or what are you wanting me to know right now? What are you wanting me? Who do you want to be to me right now that maybe you haven't been able to be yet in this, in this area of lack that I'm asking about? Because most often that's what's happening, right? Like he's wanting to give us more of himself. He's wanting to be something more to us than he, I've currently needed him to be. So, um, and sometimes that's, I just want to be your strength to continue to stand. I want to be your comfort or Patty, I want to redirect your prayer. I mean, I, sometimes I'll say, Lord, am I asking the wrong thing? Do you want me to ask you something else? I mean, I, really, I do. I say those things. <laughs> um, and again, 
it's like, okay, so let's get on the track of what you're doing right now. This is what I'm thinking we're doing, but what are you doing with me in my life right now? And I think just really developing a listening ear is, is how the whole relationship thing really deepens. I find sometimes God is a little bit quiet till I'm a little bit more postured to listen. How would you say that your life has changed as a result of just walking through what you walked through with your mom? I do have to say, I feel like there is a a much deeper God um, capacity for compassion for the terminally, or I would say those struggling with a terminal prognosis and the families like you really, I think God developed and put in a reservoir of compassion and comfort for others um, that didn't come from me. You know, I, I, I didn't have that capacity, but I felt it. I knew what I know what these people are experiencing. I know what it's like to have loss. And that comes some of that depth only comes through some similar suffering. So, yeah, I. I do feel like he's developed that in me and given me lots of opportunity to love and be with people in their struggle. If you could sit down with your 15-year-old self today, after going through years of learning what it looks like to pursue Jesus and walk through what you've walked through, what would you say to that 15-year-old Patty? It's all going to work out. He's, you know, Jesus is the true north, and if you just Patty, all you got to do is just keep your eyes on him and, and, and it's all going to work out. Um, and not only that, you really will tap into why you're on this planet. All those big questions at 15, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go to college? Who am I going to marry? What's my life going to be about? You know, if someone, and I think in some ways, some of that was coming to me at 15 and 16, but if someone could just say, you know what, you stay close to him and you cannot miss you, you can't miss it. You can't miss your calling. You can't miss why you're here on the planet. It's you're going to find it's all going to happen. What is something that you would say that you're passionate about these days? I think, um, you know, one of the things that I really, really am passionate about and I really feel like helping or Believing for walking alongside people to just become who God's created them to be. Just getting freed up to find out their design, their unique giftedness, and um, to surrender to who God's made them to be so they can really just flourish, you know, and walk it out in fullness. Um, I find that that real surrender is the place of complete freedom and fearlessness. You know, if we've got fear in our life, most of the time I think it just kind of leans back to, well, it's just an unsurrendered area. Because if he's in charge, if he's got me, and I'm really believing that, there really is nothing to fear, right? So I think sometimes, yeah. So I'm very passionate about that. I think I do see a lot of people, even my age, um, I'm, you know, in my, well, I, I, I do say I'm locked in at 27 and <laughs> well, I just celebrate course. my 27th birthday every year, <laughs> um, but I am older than that. I'm in my early fifties. And so I, 
I see lots of people my age who love Jesus and they've had a successful life in terms of what it might look like to be successful in America. Mm. But I just feel like they're still searching, like, am I really walking in my calling? Am I really walking in who God's made me to be? And um, I just, I, I just think that's, I have a passion for people to really find that mm. and walk it out. Patty, I know after gals are going to be listening to your story with your mom and what you've walked through and how um, you really had to just place it in his hands, they may want to connect with you. So how can they connect with you on social or via website? Yeah, Facebook, Patty Bus, there I am. My Instagram is Mama Bus. Very cool. We will make sure and put that in the show notes. Well, thank you girls so much for taking some time to share your story and just a little piece of it. I know there's so much um, to your amazing life. You impact so many, so many people. So thank you again for taking the time to spend with us. Oh, Bethany, it was such a treat. Thank you. Absolutely. Girls, didn't you love Patty? I love what she said to her 15-year-old self. She said, if you are pursuing Jesus, you cannot mess up what he has for you. I know that encourages me and I hope that encourages you as well. Hey friend, if you are enjoying this podcast, then the best way to let us know that is by taking a moment to give us a review. By giving us a review, it allows us to keep bringing you more content each week. Also, if you love this week's podcast, take a screenshot of it and post it on Instagram and tag us bringing her hope. We always love to know who's listening. Well, we can't wait to share another story of God's redemption next time. But until then, lovelies, keep living brave stories for Jesus.